Hi, everybody, and welcome to John Hennigan's Old Time Radio Show. So glad you could join us. It's going to be really terrific. we got some really wacky, zany old records for you tonight. Boy, oh boy. It's, it's going to be a swell time. <laughs> That's the one. Right. Yeah. So, Masterpiece. Yeah. It's a great record. All right. It's April 8th, 2023. You're listening to John's Old Time Radio Show. We have a special episode with uh, two great guests. First of all, we have myself and Mark Pollock, and we're doing the roots of the Cheap Suit Serenaders, everybody from my generation's favorite old time yeah. uh, revival band <laughs> roots of the suits that's right and we got r crumb and robert armstrong what's up guys hey 
We got Let's two of the suits. Rudy Toot Toot, we're two of the suits. <laughs> and I remember that laughing rag, how that inspired us. We listened to that up in Potter Valley. And then, oh, uh -huh. let's work up a version uh -huh. of that. We, <laughs> yeah, a paler version. You were, of able, <laughs> you were able to play it really nicely in a Hawaiian guitar. Yeah. That was the whole thing, you know? That's right. So I remember <clears throat> borrowed Al's Weisenborn guitar to play it on. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Huh. Huh. But do you have that record now, Armstrong? You, you know, I think I now. do. I think, and and that one's uh, that's Sam Moore, right? And he plays yeah, it on yeah. octocorda, which is like a, an eight-string Hawaiian guitar. Mm. And I think mm. Roy Smeck also did it on an octocorda. But mm. that's the good mm. version, Sam Moore. Yeah, Sam he, Moore did. He did three versions of that on three different labels. Oh, really? It's on. Are they all the Volcanian? same, pretty much? No, that the Victor I of the two versions I've heard, I've heard the Vocalion version of Victor. The Victor version is better. That's the one that that John just played. Huh? There's also a version of OK, but I've never heard that one. Interesting, my one. The guy got around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This says the other guy's Horace Davis, and it says octocorda and harp guitar duet. Right. But I didn't hear any harp guitar, but I mean that just means he's but got the, the harp guitar there. On the Vocalion, it's a he, he's with some other guy. Huh. Yeah, I thought that was excellent. Oh yeah, it's yeah. really fun. Oh. Yeah. All right, well, I don't want to get too sappy with you guys, but you know, your guys' band influenced a lot of people, like myself, and uh, a whole generation of uh, people kind of got into old time music from hearing your guys' LPs that you made. And think of this. Consider this now: our ver our records of that stuff is as long ago, longer ago than. Than those original 78s were from the time that we did them <laughs> that's right well I, I i told you this but i know uh armstrong i never told you or mark but uh interesting story like when we first started playing with our band yeah two things really struck me we, we played this ukulele festival in ireland really great people there and they had all these like scandinavian bands and there's this band from i want to say the netherlands but somewhere over there and they were doing all your guys' stuff, and they were really good, huh. excellent, like Hawaiian guy. Huh. And it, but like I noticed, like like you know, because it'd be two or three concerts would do, you know. Yeah. And I noticed, oh, when they're jamming, oh, they're always playing like like they're playing your arrangements. You know, I know them because yeah. I I listen to them. You right. Know? right. So right. I was like, oh, that's cool. But then I realized when I talked to them, like they really didn't know much about old time music. Like they were into the cheap suit serenaders, you know, they had like every cheap suit record yeah. and they knew every arrangement of yeah. every tune. Right. And, and they were also excellent. Yeah. And then the same thing happened to me at a smaller case up in Vermont. We played a gig with this young yeah. group yeah. and they, and they only did cheap suits. And then a couple of like our arrangements from our first record. And me and E were just like, wow, this is this is nutty, you know? And when I talked to him, I said, well, do you ever hear like this? No, no. They're really interested, you know? Right. But another generation that found this music, but, well, you know, I was, I was started in Munich with you guys. 10 years ago in Munich for Comics Festival, and they took us to this club and there because there was this band there, and it was playing cheap suit stuff, and they were wearing Hawaiian shirts and fizzes. They those look <laughs> like their suits, and they saw me invite me up on stage to play Persian rug with them. Uh had wow. a tenor banjo and I, I, it was so weird uncanny deja vu i felt like i was back <laughs> with those suits and the guy even took out a musical saw and played persian rug in a musical that was real the damn thing is like back in the day we 
we would not we, we even think about that someday they're going to be listening to our records you know decades no. from now and like it just never crossed never. our mind at all we just no. we're on such never. we're just on the margins of everything we're just that yeah <laughs> so obscure yeah. all that although in a way i could see it because i remember what influenced me when i was young was groups like the new lost city ramblers that were uh-huh. being influenced by old uh-huh. 70s and all that and that yeah. inspired me right. and dave van ronk's yeah. jug band and all the yeah, revival right. jug bands of the 60s and all that like you know got yeah. me to listen to the old original records but right so right. it was kind of like a, a portal to something else you know and i hope that the the cheap suits got people listening to old records, you know, because what inspired yeah. us could inspire them. Too, you, guys, you guys, I mean, I think this whole younger generation is around mainly because of the, the cheap suits. Yeah. Well, I, I know for I me personally, like, I, I was just starting to discover old time music through LP reissues, you know, County, Yazoo, stuff like that. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, wow, this music is so great, but you could never do it. And then one time mm. in that same stupid bin that was like in the upstairs of Tower Records, way yeah. in the back where yeah. nobody went, yeah. I found a Cheap Suit Serenaders record. And I really? said, oh, my God, look at this. You huh. know, these guys look like huh. they're doing these. I knew Alabama Jubilees. I was like, they're doing yeah. these old tunes. I put huh. it on. I was like, you can do it. <laughs> Inspired me. <laughs> so all right, I'm going to play this record. I want to ask you guys about it. Mona March. You guys did a great cover of Moana March. Moana March. How do you say Moana March. Moana. Like yeah, the Moana really Hotel. Talk right. Moana. So yeah. what was the story about finding this record? We were traveling across country. Me and, and Armstrong and Al Dodge. And just, it was a completely like a uh, loser epic journey across the United States. And, you know, we, so we we were in Salina, Kansas, and I, I just remember Armstrong and Dodge sitting on the curb eating donuts for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> sitting on the right. curb. Outside. That was a usual fare. Right. We had that. We had that '56 Cadillac Eldorado. Right. We're driving across right. country in this gold convertible caddy, caddy, and we yeah. stopped yeah. at an antique store in Salina, Kansas. And you came out, yeah. and you had that record on Sunrise. Oh, that label, and then. We got a chance to listen to it later, days later, like, wow, Moana March, this is fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, it was unique, but it was had a big crack to the label on on one side of it. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to give it a spin. Andy okay. Sinella. I managed to upgrade that. Yeah, thank God, right? <laughs> Thank you. 
That's so oh, yeah, good. A, Better get tired of listening yeah, to that one. I haven't listened to that for years. Yeah. Wow, it's great. Yeah. But all I remember when listening to it, it just remind me of Al Dodge's nervous breakdown when we tried to record <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, that, that intro. Nick Pearl was just ruthless. Okay. Moana March, take 18. Oh, Al, <laughs> Al did again. He had, Moana March, take 19. And, and he had like a bottle of tequila on one side and a carton of chocolate milk on the other to soothe his stomach. And, <laughs> and he took a swig of tequila to loosen up and then the chocolate milk to settle his stomach. And then he, oh. da, 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 da. and then finally Tom Marion was there and said, well, I can play That's it. right. And then Tommy said, right. play it flawlessly. And Al was just like, oh. That's right. And, but Al couldn't get through he, the introduction. He couldn't get through that. He could flubbing it every time. The pressure so was too great. After, he just couldn't do it. After the recording session was over, we went outside. Remember when Al threw his mandolin up in the air? Remember that? Oh, that threw yeah. It, yeah. Went up I'm in really the air. Frustrated. He's about ready to give up music after that. But, smashed on the ground, yeah. But I also. And he went away. He went away. We didn't see him for several days. Remember that? He, he just disappeared. But the damn thing is, I heard Al play that flawlessly. When it wasn't in the studio Later. and under pressure, he oh. could do it. But he just. Oh, yeah. when it, the, the, We've all the had that experience. So, rough day. Yeah. I but, just right. whenever, whenever I hear those um, xylophone runs, I, I'd have to remind myself that crystal meth didn't exist back then. How <laughs> the heck did those guys do that? Yeah, that, George Green was amazing. <laughs> Some great we, xylophone uh, players. On our record, we had a, I had a little marimba, a little Deegan Studet, and I was just learning how to play the marimba. I just played like a crude. I couldn't do all the runs like George Green, but I thought we need a marimba on there. And we use it this like rinky dink version of Moana March. But we all just love that number so much. It's just a beautiful melody. I I assiduously try to learn on the mandolin myself later. I've given it a go as well. A <laughs> <My> mandolin. <laughs> All right, well, the next record I was going to play was one that uh, I heard your guys' version before this one, uh, Willie the, the Chimney Sweeper by Ernest Rogers. Right. This is the record we got that tune from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We thought, oh, that's cool, an old 20s record about dope. <laughs> Bing, bang, and his dope ran out. Have you ever heard about Willie the Weeper? Had a job as a chimney sweeper. He had the dope habit and he had it bad. Listen while I tell you about a dream he had. Oh, oh. He went down to the dope shop one Saturday night. He knew the lights would all be burning bright Well, I guess he smoked a dozen pills or more When he woke up, he was on a foreign shore Oh, oh, the queen of Sheba was the first he met She called him lovey-dovey and honey-pet she gave him a great big automobile with a diamond headlight and a golden wheel. Oh, oh, down in Honolulu, Willie fell in a trance. 
Saying the dusky beauty is do the hula dance His sweetie got in jail and Willie sure did shout When he got the news that she had wiggled out Oh, oh He landed with a splash in the river now Riding on a seagoing crocodile He winked at Cleopatra, she said, ain't he a sight? He said, how about a date for next Saturday night? Oh, oh, he had a million cattle and he had a million sheep. Had a million vessels on the ocean deep. Had a million dollars all in nickels and dimes. Well, he knew because he counted it a thousand times. Oh, oh, he landed in New York one evening late. He asked his sugar for an after date. Started to kiss her and she started to pout. When bang, bang, and the door gave out. Well, you don't write them like that anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> A great lyric. <clears throat> And that's on the first record, right? The first Cheap Suits record, your version is. Is it? Yeah. I don't remember. I had to get it out to figure it out. Oh. Yep, right I guess three LPs. Three yeah. LPs, and then we did a party record, and then we did uh, 278s. Yeah. The, the Red Goose right party record. Our, we did our Little Rascals medley. Right. Now there's... They're still selling those cheap suits on CD. Still That's selling them. Shanaki's still selling them. Every, every year, get a little check, divide it up between me and Armstrong and Dodge and Terry. Who would have thunk it, you know, after all this time that <laughs> there was some longevity to it all, you know? Maybe we would have been more careful when we're making those records back in the day. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Yeah. Well, the thing is that we, we were so ignorant about recording studios and they just gave us such a, you know, with that guy D'Souza, you just know anything about recording acoustic instruments. They had Nick us in Pearl separate Thunder. little baffled areas. So oh. yeah. we wanted to have this group sound. We want this ambient sound, but no, no. And that right. was just the tech, the, the times of the day. You know, they, they had us separate in these little sound baffles. Yeah. And we could, couldn't and hear wearing each earphones. Other. You had to have earphones on to hear each other, and then then he would isolate you, and you'd play. Oh, Jesus, that sounds terrible! I'm oh, totally God. isolated from the other guy. Here's here's your part, Crumb. Just so, all by like itself. you guys, they recorded ah. you like the way they recorded like Beach Boy records. Yes, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, that was. Oh, I that's too bad. But dead, yeah, we argued with them, and and I remember we would ask them. Well, you know, at, at times we want to make it sound like these old recordings. We like have a nice warm sound. Oh. Well, we can add a scratch track to make them sound scratchy like an old record. Right. No, 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 you don't understand. They, the quality of the, the recording has this warm presence and all that, and they recorded people all in the same room using one microphone a lot of times. Yeah. And, oh, no, 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 you guys don't, don't know what you're talking about. And just That's right. They just us. had completely uh, no respect for what we thought or anything, so they put the microphones right up against these acoustic instruments, they could hear every squeak of the strings and all the pick noise, all of that stuff. 
we had a fight with finally them. whether it was for the second or third record we just insisted on that that we're just gonna have one one or two microphones with a general you know mm-hmm. what do you call it general room sound and then for, forget about all this baffles and putting mic giving us each mics right up against our instruments if that was yeah awesome. you guys that's the way to do it yeah you guys don't need separation and they, they just scorned crazy. us so, okay if that's what you want yeah. <laughs> well didn't you yeah, it's, hard, it's hard to beat the audio engineer you know <laughs> yes, sir, yes. all right time for a quick commercial you should go to uh, Robert Armstrong Art and Novelty Hut. It's armstrongartandnoveltyhut.com. The link is on our, our WordPress blog. For, and uh, you should go to Eden and John eBay store for the East River String Band. All of our LPs and CDs currently in print. So can you tell people to, to go to eBay, to eBay store, Eden and, and John, and buy our stuff? I mean, you basically, anyone who, who didn't go to the eBay store where they can buy our comps, like Wait For Me, our band stuff that you play on, East River String Band. And wouldn't you call them ignorant fools? You, foolish, you ignorant. fool, you can get a, a East River String Band album signed by yours truly, R. Crumb. That's right. <laughs> How ignorant do you want to be? Come on, fools. Yeah, you dummies. <laughs> and just think about it. You can get that from us, and then your friends will come over, and you'll say, look, I got this record. R. Crumb did the cover, and he plays on it, and he signed it. But like, oh, you know R. Crumb? And you'll go, no but i mean if you can't do that then you're ignorant <laughs> you're dumb and dumber okay all right so we've established now that the audience is dumb they don't go to our ebay store eden and john and well, buy our stuff at least they're smart enough to listen to this that's yeah. one thing in hand them yeah, maybe they're not so dumb maybe they're smart <laughs> maybe yeah, give them a, give them a break you got this give far them the benefit you just of gotta doubt. push a little bit further <laughs> <laughs> keep pushing no I, I don't mean to berate the audience. I just, uh, I don't know. Kind of love them. Kind of love them. Yeah. All right. Here Somebody's we go. listening. Moving on. So where were we? Um, well, we were talking about the Good Tone Banjo Boys and Ward Kimball. Ward Kimball was there, and and uh, Ward Kimball plays the duck call on that, along with Al he does? plays the duck call. And they they did yeah they did a duck call duet, kind of a call and response <laughs> thing. And well, and Dan Ward, Wheatman was Ward there. Kimball. Ward was there, oh. yeah. Wow. And uh, Dan Wheatman sang Harmony with you. Him. And uh, we had all banjos. <laughs> right. <laughs> a different <clears throat> a banjo band. Yeah. Wow. Ward so, Kimball was this old guy that worked for Disney. Old, like, generation. He, he was old enough to remember the 1920s. Wow. Yeah. He also He's one of the nine old men of Disney animation history. Yeah. And started like the group that Firehouse Five in the late forties. And he played trombone and he's into old traditional jazz and and he would talk about having Kid Ori over for dinner. And he remembers, you know, meeting Jelly Roll Morton in LA, you know. And back No kidding. I, yeah, he really would, he would talk about these old guys. Wow. He was he was into old jazz and as long, yeah. as well as old, you know, steam engines and Right, all that, and well, he's kind of the reason that uh, he got Walt Disney into steam engines, and that led to Disneyland after all that. Yeah. And then that's his, right. And then that's his, right. his his work on uh, some of the TV shows about going to space is what led to partially just us having a space program in this country. He's just crazy influential. Yeah, huh. yeah, that's right. Well, I didn't he, know that. He did the Man in Space series for Disneyland, and then he was in, into <laughs> he that. He know. also flew. He had, 
had an airplane. He liked to fly, oh. and he was really into what was going on in aeronautics. And so that whole Disney huh. series, Man in Space, huh. was one of the hmm. first documented series about the planets and outer space and and huh. played on Prime. Yeah. And, and, Dis and Walt produced that. And right. if you see the old series, I have it on DVD, and, and here is Walt talking yeah. to Werner von Braun and Willy Mai, <laughs> yeah, who were right. part of the V2 rocket program in, in Nazi Germany, but who were the world experts in rocketry at the time, along yeah. with Robert Goddard. But here he is, Walt's talking to <laughs> Werner von Braun about I remember going that. to the moon. I remember. Yeah. I remember Werner von Braun talking about the Wackets. The Wackets. <laughs> In the space station, we will have the space station. Yeah. Just, All right, well, here's a song that uh, is great on its own, but I can't play without thinking of your guys' uh, version is uh, Make My Cot Where the Cot Cot Cotton Grows by oh, yeah. Red Nickel Stompers. I love that. This is Red Myth. Yeah. Red Nickels and Myth Mole. Red Myth Stompers. Red yeah. Nichols, Trombauer, Peter oh, Russell, yeah, that's a, that's Carl Crest on guitar. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Adrian Merlini. <laughs> Thank you. 
great one. Oh, yeah. Those guys are cool. <laughs> They're very cool. Because I, our version of the cheap suits sounds so rinky-dink in comparison. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's it like does, a yeah. bunch of third graders like, oh, we like that song. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's try to play it. Yeah, that's right. Pretty that's incredible true. that you guys took on those dance orchestras, though, you know. No one was there to stop us or talk us out of it. That's the thing. You know, we just did what we liked to do. <laughs> <laughs> listening to that, I remembered we pl must have played that 200 times at various gigs. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great song. Well, right, here's another one in that vein by uh, the great Leroy Shields. I don't have the Little Rascals originals to play, but I have this 178 Sing Song Girl, which you guys did. Which, oh, yeah. Again, I heard your guys' version before I had this record. That's a little bit politically incorrect these days. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you if you made it this far to this podcast, you probably understand it. Right. We're not promoting these themes. Just, give, just, just want to give them a trigger warning. We, yeah. we, like, we like the music, you know. You know, it's funny you mentioned that uh, your version isn't the same as that original record. That's that's where you guys diverged from New Lost City Ramblers, who like had to have every single thing exactly like the original to the point where they were copying the mistakes. You know, <laughs> yeah, we weren't too academic about it. <laughs> yeah, we just thought, come up what a great song. Sound. We could do that, you know. And that's right. In our own half-assed way, and. That was our we approach. We could figure out the chords. And no one could compare it. It's like, chords. oh, let's you, go. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> that, we I didn't want to reveal our sources, you know. <laughs> and no one cared, really. You know, we're just well, we so used to, on the margins we, of the music world. We used to introduce our, each tune at, at these gigs. Uh, and now we're going to play a song that Red Nichols recorded in 1927. Nobody <laughs> gave a shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Girl for me. 
Armstrong. Yeah. You remember the time that we actually got a gig for, I don't know how, playing for this whole audience of Chinese people? Remember that? And we actually played that tune for this Chinese audience? I remember audience. doing a thing, a gig in Chinatown in San Francisco. Yeah. And There's I remember these, of- these people that were in the kitchen just came out and stared at us. Like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? And we're just oblivious. We, well, that's a nice song, isn't it? Like, no. Like, and yeah, it was kind of tone deaf on our part. Wait, oops. But, but it's got a nice melody. You know, it's yeah. It's it's a, the sentiment, you know, at, you know, at the time was great arrangement. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing about those lyrics is that, you know, it's a love song, but, you know. My little yellow Cinderella. Yeah, I mean, at those times, that's just, I, that was considered okay. Night, puff a little smoke and sleep. So what, what was it like for you guys? Like, did you guys do tours? We did. We did a couple, several tours. Yeah. We our tour of America. We ended up at the Village Gate in New York. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. 76. Yeah, that's right. Played Chicago. Yeah, and and we, and you in Wisconsin, in Oshkosh, it, and then New York. It was pretty low budget. I remember sleeping under the table in Jay Lynch's house on that tour. <laughs> yeah, pretty but low budget. We took, the, we took the train from Sacramento, and we went cross country on the train. It was kind of right. yeah. Did we play on the train? I think we did. Yeah, we played a little bit on the train. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of a memorable trip. <laughs> Well, then you had the European just, tour later yeah, on. Yeah, we did a couple of tri- yeah, trips in Europe. Keith Carey speaks, yeah. Yeah, Keith Keith speaks very fondly on that. Yeah. He loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other, other than the tours, we mostly just played around the San Francisco Bay Area. And yeah, I think we got offers to play elsewhere, but no, we, didn't, we didn't have a band bus or anything like that. We just played what was local to us in around the there, Bay Area. There were a lot of small clubs that would still feature live bands back then. Yeah, That's before they had, they had nothing but comedians later. They wouldn't have live bands anymore. What was that place, that corner place? Oh, on the, other cafe, in the other cafe. The other cafe, The other cafe. We played there many times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was that's right. just fun and loose. and. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to play a great Hawaiian record, um, which you guys did. On the beach at Waikiki, I picked out the Waikiki Stonewall Boys. Oh, oh yeah, that's the version. That's great. Yeah, that's the one that really got us going. They're almost as good as us. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet romance, I do. 
ukulele playing on that i haven't listened oh, yeah, to that in a great. long time yeah, great really good yeah it is a great beautiful record jesus <laughs> i remember that the, on our version you change the sun as and i set her skirt on fire on the beach <laughs> <laughs> and then you say accidentally <laughs> remember that <laughs> we did well who who did that <laughs> hey we played another that's another tune we played hundreds of oh, times God. and well, we made it to a medley of, of other things. <laughs> That's right. And for a while, remember when Lila was Al Dodge's girlfriend, and she would come along to these gigs with us, and she'd always yell out, Wiki, Wiki. She'd love that tune. Wiki, Wiki. <laughs> I also remember when we were in Cleveland in 1976 doing our notorious cross-country trip in the Cadillac, and right. Harvey P. Carr would come around, and... Al and I'd be playing yeah. that song, and he'd just shake his head like, "What is wrong with you guys?" What, <laughs> yeah, what, he why thought would we you were totally that? corny. He thought we were beyond was, corny. Bought... Like, what is wrong? Something's wrong with you guys. Picard <laughs> 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 like modern jazz. He's like, you know, uh, Dizzy Gillespie and Miles Davis and that kind of stuff. <laughs> no tower. But we were completely cornball. <laughs> yeah, we just fast. Like, yeah, Harvey, we're we're cornballs. You know. What it's yeah, incurable. Right. <laughs> I mean, you guys listen to Grey Gold Records. What more do we have to yeah, say, that's right? right. That, that, that defines yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, when you're the Grey Gold Boys, Grey <laughs> you ain't going to make it with the bebop exactly, crowd. You, know, yeah. you, you got to explain to the people out there what Grey Gold Records are. <laughs> so well, we, the label, Grey Gold, was a 20s label from Boston, and they had this band, this kind of a house band, mostly Italians, and they played this kind of hokey jazz that was scorned by the serious jazz collectors. It was almost and like cartoon music. I liked it. It was cartoon music. I liked it. So these jazz collectors would like kind of disdainfully, oh, that's a record for Crumb. They'd toss it. <laughs> and Armstrong was the second. I remember he was at my house once, and I said, uh, Armstrong, these are some kind of records I really like. I don't know what you'll think of them. What do you think of this? So I put on one of those Greg old Andy Sinella records. And... He just liked it immediately. Yes, I was I so did. relieved. Oh, I'm not the only one that likes it. <laughs> no. The thing is, I, they never 
showed up on the West Coast looking for records. Like you were the first guy that had those Madison and Grey Gull and mm. Van Dyke records. Mm, like, wow, I love this. Yeah, and the, the unusual combination of accordion with Hawaiian guitar, xylophone, mm. and clarinet yeah. and trumpet. Like wow, I love yeah. it. You know, and <laughs> so I, I immediately related to it. And and I even like the yeah. cornball factor about it. You know, I just and I still love it. So that's yeah, it's oh, corny yeah. in a good way. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, and when they do show up, you have to sample them carefully because there will be. Yes, you do. You, yeah. you can go halfway through. It's like, oh yeah, this is mediocre, and then all of a sudden, here comes Sanella on a on a steel guitar. Oh, oh, it's a keeper. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you like that stuff, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's a convert. It's, yeah, yeah I, I, I've been initiated. <laughs> but the, okay. the, the house band that, that recorded for. those, we're we're just knocking them out. They probably did a quickie arrangement and. Would do like three oh, yeah. or four recordings before their oh, yeah. lunch break. You know, it was and they they, <laughs> so they wrote a lot of the tunes. They composed the tunes. There's Sanella and and Mosiello's are the you know on the song credits on a lot of those yeah. those records. But there's one that I'm looking for that uh, I have a copy of that has a big bite out of it. I'd like to get a complete copy of it. It's called "Play Me That Beautiful Trauma." Oh, I remember that record. Yes, you. <laughs> yeah, I've never. I've been looking for that one myself. <laughs> <laughs> really an odd title, you know, like, wow. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I, I still love it. have I that love copy it. with a bite out of it. I never was able to replace yeah. it with a complete copy. We did We did a uh, a Greg Old Madison show, a podcast months ago. You did? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we just found, well, there's oh. a, a wide range of stuff because you could also find, like, hot black jazz groups like Cliff Jackson That's on, right. on That's Madison right. and Van Dyke. and and yeah. everything and and just a wide range and just and, and some of the stuff is kind of on the verge of being terrible and really boring but then also exciting yeah. wonderful jazz records so there's a, yeah yeah absolutely absolutely there's and there was some big band like big white band that played made beautiful renditions of you know sweet pop tunes on that label oh like the ingram shavers orchestra yeah, the ingram shavers yeah, yeah they're great they're, they're, I love that big those sound and fred hall and oh, the yeah. sugar babes were on there and, they're on there yeah yeah and uh there's that one that made harlem's Araby, that little small oh, black, porter granger granger porter granger yeah, yeah, yeah those are great wonderful that's great yeah, well, there's like two good hillbilly records on that Madison Gray Gull labels, too. <laughs> well, I'm gonna play a, a Harry Roy record. Harry Roy, that you oh, guys famous Club Boys. Oh, we know what this one is. Did in your party record? Yeah, yeah. Armstrong, have you seen that movie Babylon that came out recently? No, it's, it's not Babylon. Really Berlin Babylon, the series. It's not the German thing. It's called Babylon. No, no, it's a yeah. big Hollywood production, three hours long. It's terrible. And in and, and that movie, is toward the beginning, there's a uh, like an Asian chick that sings "My Girl's Pussy." <laughs> it's just terrible. It's a really terrible, wretched version of it. Oh, oh well. <laughs> okay, not everyone can Here's do a great, great version. version. <laughs> right. Thank you. 
just one pet I like to pet And every evening we get set I stroke it every chance I get It's my girl's pussy Seldom plays and never purrs And I love the thoughts it stirs But I don't mind because it's hers It's my girl's pussy Often it goes out at night Returns at break of dawn No matter what the weather's like It's always nice and warm It's never dirty, always clean In giving thrills, never mean But it's the best I've ever seen Is my girl's pussy Goes out of night, every turns a break of dawn, break of dawn. No matter what the weather's like, it's always playable. I bring it bits that it loves. We still like to turtle doves. I take care to remove my gloves when stroking my girl's pussy. <laughs> I take care to remove my gloves when stroking my girl's pussy. How did you get someone to press a 78 RPM record on a 12-inch vinyl? How did you manage to convince someone to do that? It was no problem. Oh. No problem for Nick Pearls. Ah. It was a problem, though, when we did our first 78 with Dennis Kitchen in 1972 because he, he found someone like in Tennessee or Kentucky or something that still had a a means of stamping a 78. Everyone else like, why would you do that? You know, <laughs> you know, why would you do that? You know, and foolish. It was a foolish. fool's errand. Foolish. Completely a fool's errand. And, and, uh, <laughs> but we stuck by our guys. Oh, this is, this is going to be a big seller for all those people out there. <laughs> all those 78 collectors. No. How many cartons yeah. do you still have I on thought, the record? <laughs> still have a lot of unsold stock, you know, more than 50 years later. <laughs> We've come and get them. <laughs> We've taken them to the swap. We've actually gone to the um, swap oh, over yeah? in El Cerrito and, and put them out. Really? And it's like, you oh, buy it from no. the guy that made it. sorry, no. We had big plans. We're going to put a whole series of 78s. Uh, oh, I, you know, I, I still have your original artwork for those other labels. We were going to do a second ordinary the, record. The old boy record. An old yeah, boy record that. with the jackets on the sleeves and. It was going to be fun. It was going to be great stuff. The beginning right. of a vast empire <laughs> of records that chef. didn't sell. <laughs> I see it. It's we did. 
Go ahead. Oh, you're eating. We do. I see a. We did a version of. Go ahead. Ah. <laughs> yeah. There's such a delay when we do a Zoom meeting. It's hard to talk. Uh, so why did it end up on Red Goose Records instead of Blue Goose? Was there a reason for that, or? Well, that was kind of my idea, just like to do a special like porno series for for Blue Goose called Red Goose. Nice. Cool. Wasn't because Nick Pearls was embarrassed or anything no, no. like that. <laughs> no, I think Nick was game for it. Oh, good. Yeah, he was. He could care less. Yeah, he could yeah. care less. But I remember somebody sent it back to me, or to Nick, I guess to Nick, and wrote on the red uh, vinyl, wrote, shame on you and with a big marker. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I want to frame that. We're incorrigible bad boys. Yeah. Well, since this show, uh, we were having so much fun when we did it. It went, uh, we recorded for a couple hours, so I'm breaking it down into two. So we're going to go out now for part one with uh, Ready for the River by the Wisconsin Roof Orchestra, a song that uh, the Cheap Suits did that was great. Crum did a great vocal on. So you're going to have to tune in next month for part two of Roots of the Suits. And this is Ready for the River.
as for the audience, so long for a while. We love That's you. That's all the songs for a while. We love you. We love your audience. Thanks for tuning in to John's Old Time Radio Show. Ooh, that was nice. Please join us next time, where John will chastise you, call you stupid, and say fuck off. Thank you and good night. Well, That's I'm, great. I'm great. I'm going to use that in every show. Every show is going to end That's with that from now on. That's a career she could have had.